In today's Agastya R, we bring to you an interview with Srimati Manushi Sinha, author of The Saffron's Words. Namaste everyone. Thank you for joining us. We are very, very pleased and honored and proud to present uh, Ms. Manushi Sinha Ji, who is the author of uh, the book Saffron's Words today with us. Uh, before we jump right into it, I'll give a quick 30-second introduction to Agastya Gurukulam, who we are and what we do. So Agastya Gurukulam, we are a uh, U.S.-based nonprofit organization uh, with a mission to decolonize education. And uh, we, are, uh, we are based in, uh, we have people in three countries, India, Canada, and the United States. And we offer educational programs to children. Uh, both in, t- in the form of residential camps and uh, online education. So with that, uh, I'll start with a quick introduction to Manushi Sinaji. I don't think she needs much of an introduction. She has uh, done a tremendous service to the cause of decolonizing education, for particularly in Indian history. Uh, she's the author of the book, uh, Saffron Swords. So welcome, Manushi Ji. Thank you for joining us today. Namaskar, Bandi Mataram. And thank the Agastya Gurukulam for inviting me to be a part of this session on Indian history. Thank you. We're very pleased to have you. So uh, I don't even know when we start ta- you start talking about Indian history is such a vast topic. So maybe I'll just ask you first, you know, uh, how ancient is our civilization? And maybe you can speak a little bit on the antiquity of Indian civilization. Yeah, our uh, civilization is the only uh, is the only oldest surviving civilization in the world, dating back to thousands of years. If we go by literary evidences, the earliest literary evidences are the Vedas, followed by the Ramayana, uh, the Puranas, the Mahabharata, and uh, more uh, historical evidences of the later dynasties. And uh, when we uh, speak about the timeline of the Vedic era, according to colonial historians and according to our own uh, few historians, the Vedic era timeline has been fixed at uh, 1500 BCE to 600 BCE, which is completely false. Because uh, uh, the colonial historians have put this timeline uh, because they don't consider Ramayana and Mahabharata as uh, historical events. And they don't consider more uh, historical events as true events. They consider all of these events as mythology. So going by the literary evidences, the Vedas date back to at least 15,000 BCE. And it may go beyond that also, because according to uh, various scholars, like uh, according to Nilesh Nilkant Oak, the Vedic timeline ranges around 18,000 to 21,000 BCE. Mm-hmm. Then according to Vedvir Arya, who has given a very detailed description in uh, his book, the Chronology of India. So according to him, the Vedic era starts from around uh, 14,000 to 15,000 BCE in between that. So, and one thing Vedic 
Vibir Arya ji has done is he from the Vedic era, from the Manu to Mahabharata, and from Mahabharata to medieval era, he has given a list of all the rulers who ruled Bharata, uh, Akhand Bharata, since the Vedic times, since the, the period of Manu. So he has uh, also given uh, literary, epigraphal, epigraphic, and uh, more evidences from the Puranas and all to uh, prove his point. Mm -hmm. So again, after the Vedic era comes the Ramayana period. The Ramayana period, according to uh, Vedirarya ji, dates back to around 7,000 to 8,000 years uh, ago. Then comes the Mahavarata period. That uh, again, the timeline is between 5,000 to 6,000 years ago. Then uh, for the Ramayana, we have both for the Ramayana and the Mahavarata, we have archaeological evidences. The mm -hmm. Ramsetu is the biggest evidence for the Ramayana as history. And then uh, thereafter, so many dynasties, for example, mm -hmm. the Cholas flourished since the Vedic period. So we have the early Cholas and the later Cholas. Then we have uh, so many other dynasties. And then the Mauryas, they flourished around uh, 1500 to 1600 BCE. Right. And then after we have the Guptas and uh, who flourished during the last 300 years of BCE, but uh, in our uh, literary textbooks. According to colonial historians and according to our uh, textbooks, we have uh, the Gupta period starting from around 3rd to 6th century CE. There's, there are a lot of chronological distortions. There are uh, uh, distortions in the historical narrative, but there are also distortions in chronology. And according to Vedvir Arya, this distortion is because of the wrong dating of the birth of Jesus and the date of Buddha Nirvana. So he has given a very detailed account of uh, all the evidences so this is why uh, this is according to literary uh, texts and then when going by archaeological evidences we have the antiquity of our civilization dates back to several lakhs of years so we have right. um, we have uh, like excavations uh, conducted in the Narvada river belt has uh, familiarized us with uh, artifacts and tools that, that dates back to uh, lakhs of years and then uh, the Narmada human skull of a girl, uh, which was found in the Narmada river belt, dates back to around 5 lakhs to 6 lakh years. Then we have uh, Bhimbetka caves in Madhya Pradesh. And uh, there, the, uh, there are evidences of paintings and human habitation dating back from the medieval era to at least 1 lakh years. Then we have uh, the exc exc excavations in Jalapuram in Andhra Pradesh led to the discovery of artifacts, implements, and tools that date back to at least 75,000 years to 1,50,000 years. So those are all proven evidences. Then we have the Saraswati River Belt. Then we have the submerged city of Dwarka. We have Indus Valley excavations. So there are a lot of archaeological evidences that prove the antiquity of our, of our civilization yeah. dating back to thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I, I, we have a lot of questions to go through, so I'll try and keep it moving quickly. Uh, so this is, uh, you know, uh, one would a lot of people might say that this is so different from what we've been taught, including what we study in school. Uh, why is there such a vast discrepancy? Do you think the history that kids are taught in India and include, you know, whether in school or universities, uh, why is it so distorted or so different from the picture you're painting here? Yeah, the history is because after independence, the history textbooks that have been included in the syllabus have been designed by 
uh, people who are uh, backed by marxist ideology who are backed by uh, leftist uh, ideology who do, uh, like the communists marxists they don't want their culture they don't want our culture to flourish they don't want the inhabitants the residents to know about uh, the glorious past whether it is from the ancient times or from the medieval times and uh, like when we speak about communists from other countries like china and uh, russia they are pro nation people but here in right. india the communists are anti national people so they have done a lot of the communist historians have done a lot of lot of damage they have put exactly the opposite of what is true and then there is uh, only a one sided historical narrative a distorted narrative so um, like our history is like a film so hollywood and bollywood so in every uh, hollywood or bollywood film you will come across a story and that story features the villain and the hero and equally yeah. they are equally portrayed so we know as much as uh, we know the villain we also know the hero but in indian history it is very it is totally different we know more of villains so we don't know of heroes so marcus right. garvey the mycan born political leader and social activist he has rightly said a country's people without the knowledge of their past history origin and culture is like a tree without roots so that's a great word sorry who was uh, the name again who who is this person uh, here is marcus garvey He is a Jamaican born political leader and social activist. So since uh, uh, the last seventy plus years, since our independence, we have been taught uh, the distorted history. So we have been taught only about uh, the invaders. We have been not taught about the heroes. We have not of the soil. We have not taught. We have not been taught about uh, our cultural heritage, our ancient Indian right. heritage, our ancient Indian history, and everything. And uh, these are all purposefully done by. Uh, whoever designed the history textbooks mm-hmm. so that's a great uh, great point leading me into my next question so how does your book saffron sword uh, try to correct the distortions uh, and what is the importance do you think of saffron swords in uh, in in countering the false history that we've been taught for the last 70 years yeah actually the uh, thought of uh, writing saffron swords uh, emerged uh, Uh, some uh, few years ago some 10 to 11 years ago and since my childhood i have read uh, i have uh, listened to my father narrate uh, stories of valor from uh, indian history and also stories from our ancient scriptures including the epics and so what i heard from father and what i read in our in my school books uh, was a completely different so i even used to question my father like why uh, uh, the stories that uh, historical stories that you narrate and uh, whatever is taught in the books why are why are both this two different then my father he he says that when you grow up you will realize so as i grew up as i matured then i thought that uh, if we continue studying history what is there in the textbooks then we won't uh, get to know about our real past so i thought uh, why should i uh, not uh, research further on the historical tales and then why should i not write a book so that it reaches the masses so that's uh, how uh, in order to change the narrative certain uh, sorts happen but uh, i am just one drop of water in the vast ocean so uh, singularly i can't do anything i have written the book but singularly i cannot do anything it is all uh, a collective effort so right. uh, 
all sanatanis and every bharatiya should uh, work together towards spreading the right historical narrative and uh, saffron swords is just one effort there will be many more volumes of the book coming up so saffron swords has 52 episodes of valor of our warrior ancestors from each and every corner of bharat the comprising both men and women so there will be uh, many more volumes coming up and each volume will have uh, 52 stories 50, 52 episodes of valor i would say i would say i think uh, you know your work uh, you're being very humble and very, very very kind i would say your work is not a drop in the ocean i would say your your work is pathbreaker and a lot of times you know one great leader one visionary one intellectual can change the change the course of destiny of uh, of societies and countries we've seen in the past and i i, I truly believe that i i truly believe that your book is is a watermark in the history of indian writing because in the last 60 to 70 years nobody has done this right and, and the great historians who did try to do that in uh, you know the uh, you know whether it's uh, uh, majumdar or uh, uh, you know jadunath sarkar or some of the great historians uh, we had their work has been systematically suppressed by communists and marxists as you uh, as as you know very well so i think i would give a lot of credit to you for stepping out and doing this work and thank you for doing that agastya gurukulam is a non-profit organization dedicated to reviving the traditional system of bharatiya shiksha and decolonizing education agastya runs the world's first and only sanskrit immersion online school would you like your child to be deeply rooted in traditional bharatiya culture and yet successful in the contemporary world explore agastya's part-time and full-time learning opportunities for more information visit agastya's website at www.agastyagurukulam.org admissions are now open for the 2021-22 school year Thank you.